And you can live in the day. I don't know what do I do. Am I doing something wrong if I like fall asleep sometimes while sitting there in meditation? If I just doze off? Um. Yes and no. So, all right. Uh, meditation should not be sleepy. It should be. It should actually be able to wake you up uh, if you were sleepy. So really, when we say like, I get sleepy during meditation, we haven't yet met it started meditating yet. We're sort of probably not focusing on enough preparation. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would say for a typical person, they're not using uh, a good enough technique to kind of wake them up. But, but you know, um, you know the warm-ups, the three. Are are you? I didn't do the using... warm-ups. Though. No. Okay, so um, those warm-ups are designed to kind of uh, get the engines going uh, and started and and revved up. So <clears throat> a lot of people start their meditation or attempt a meditation um, by just breathing, inhale, exhale, clearing the mind, whatever. It's not enough to get past the mind because, well, the mind and the body, they're very powerful forces. What we're doing in meditation is trying to uh, go inside them and then beyond them. So it's like going up to a gate a, a, a walled fortress, right? And going right up to the front, wearing all red and yelling as loud as you can saying, let me in. <clears throat> and, and like, there's no Trojan horse. There needs to be a way to access the mind and, and, and our spirit in meditation without kind of letting the mind know what we're trying to do. So we kind of have to be surreptitious. We have to go behind its back. We have, we have to go, go through the back door and do a flank or on the side. That's what the, the breathing techniques are for. They, uh, they slowly kind of get you to that, that rear entrance instead of right coming up front. Because up front... The mind's going to, and the body, they're going to try to stop you. The body's going to feel a certain way. Um, your mind is going to pull up thoughts or exhaustion is going to set in or something. Or, or you kind of mimic uh, sleep, right? Laying down, breathing, trying to go to sleep. It sounds like most people's meditations, actually. Um, so we need to do something active. So the three meditation techniques are uh, yogi breath, fire breath, and long breath. Uh, yogi breath, I coin those terms. The other names are, are too complicated. Um, the yogi breath is, is diaphragmatic breathing. Every, every uh, if you go to a, a yoga class, like everyone learns that diaphragmatic breathing. If you do weightlifting, you do diaphragmatic breathing as you brace for a, a squat or a deadlift. 
we're, we're just, uh, we're not, we're not breathing up into the rib cage and into the chest. We're bringing, breathing out, making the belly like a balloon. And then as we exhale, we compress the, uh, the, the abdomen in and, and remove all the air and try to tense the abdomen towards the back wall as far as we can go. Um, interesting thing about basic pranayama in the, in the yogi breath uh, is some people breathe the other way around. So let's see if I can get this right. As they inhale, they tighten their stomach. And as they exhale, their stomach goes out. So that's um, backwards. And uh, we want to fix that. From my experience and from, from the people that I've worked with, clients and students and such, it uh, tends to happen in stressful, like stressful people who are a bit fidgety or overwhelmed by simple tasks or too many people, too many things going on. Their breathing is either backwards or erratic and, and truncated, very short and hyper hyper breath. So we want to get that right. That's number one. As we inhale, the belly should expand. Bringing air in so the belly expands. It's very intuitive. As we exhale, air goes out so the balloon goes away. The belly goes in and contracts. The fire breath is uh, two sniffs in through the nose, two puffs through the mouth. <laughs> inhale, inhale, exhale, exhale. Right? So through the nose, again, the belly going out twice, out the mouth, the belly coming in twice. Just like uh, blowing smoke off of the six-barrel shooter in a Western, <laughs> right? <laughs> in, in, out, out. In, in, out, out. Okay. Um, oh, and the goal for the first one, the yogi breath, is nine seconds. Inhale, exhale. Equal breath. If you can only inhale six seconds, then try to exhale six seconds. The unevenness throws us off balance. Uh, so after the fire breath, you just do that for whatever stage you're at. Beginners only need to do that for 10 seconds, maybe. Uh, it gets, it's for beginners, it can be uncomfortable. So you work up to it. Some people feel like they're hyperventilating or something. Um, but we're trying to get hot in that stage. We're trying to visualize heat, feel warmth in the body. That's the beginning of like getting inside the body, inside the mind. Uh, we, that's going through the back door of meditation. That's trying to get inside. So we go past the room here. We go past the skin into the muscles and we use, we, we use warmth as that medium 
as that Trojan horse to get inside. Uh, And then the long breath is nine seconds in through the nose, expanding the belly. 18 seconds out through the mouth, like we're blowing a birthday candle out that's across the room. Very slow. And we, we create a pinhole with the lips, right? So the lips are closed. And as we breathe out, we just puff right through the middle. And there's this small pinhole uh, that adds uh, resistance and pressurizes the out breath, the exhale, so that it, it lasts a long time. So we don't just go really slow, blowing out that birthday candle from across the room. Now, ideally, we do that for 18 seconds, right? So we've, we've just doubled the inhale. So nine in, 18 out. That's the long breath. That's, I mean, if I had a favorite, that's my favorite. What I was saying earlier, if I don't have much time, they go straight to that. But I've been doing them for uh, a long time. So I'm well conditioned. And how many rounds of each before you start meditating? Uh, just one. So you don't, oh, go, okay. you don't go back to the preparation for meditation is a one-way street. We don't, we don't prepare twice. We just do each one. Uh, however long you like. Um, so those are three steps in an overall like 12 step preparation that we were trained in. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, that's actually all available on uh, Zen Mind Academy, zenmind.academy. That, that's that curriculum, that, that, that 30 day program that I made uh, has the entire full preparation and there's a seven day free trial. So if you want to try it for seven days and like write it down and then cancel, <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm not just explaining this for you. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this in depth for the listener. Cause this is a great question to start off. Even if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> didn't expect that, but I think that this is a, we haven't talked about meditation in a while, I don't think. But the basics are so important. Uh, um, I, I, I use the basics every day, every meditation. When I, when, I, when I try to skip the basics, it just doesn't work out as powerfully as when I just go back to my training. When I try to go off my training, it's a little different. It's not as cool. So I, I'll never forget, uh, I was in a meditation class with one of the monks before I had become a monk. And uh, we had to, because we had to get special training for about, what was that? Uh, nine months, six months or nine months of training before being able to meditate with the group of monks. And, uh, in that training, there was guests periodically that would visit and join us in the early morning where it was like access to the public it was like access to special guests. And, uh, 
someone, we were talking about the basics. We were talking about just the, 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 the three breathing techniques and really understanding uh, some of the basic visualizations that, that the monks are trained in. And the person, the guest was saying, when, you know, this is all well and good, but when do we get to the good stuff? And uh, the monk was like, there, there is no other good stuff. Like the basics are the advanced material. The everything else that happens after that is up to the, the user. So the fire breath, specifically the fire breath, wakes you up. It gets you fired up. It gets you kind of warm. And it, it's meant to shake off any kind of the day's exhaustion or anything like that. Or if you're doing it in the morning, it's meant to shake off that sleep. That's why I don't really recommend meditation, like deep meditation before going to bed, because it may cause a bit of insomnia. It's not. So before bed, I would recommend the basics. Like, no, I mean, I'd recommend foregoing the three breathing techniques and just breathe, inhale, exhale, try to clear the mind uh, and then try to go to bed. So that way, your so the monks would say that your sleep is uh, different. It's deeper and you go past the dream state and into deep sleep. But uh, really good meditation is best in the early morning. I know there's a lot of, that's a huge question. When is the best time to meditate? And the truth is, whatever time you choose consistently to meditate is definitely the best time. But the best, best ultimate time is really uh, sometime in the morning before the sun comes up. So what time are you getting sleepy? Um... <laughs> But it's whenever it doesn't really matter when I meditate, whether it's morning or during the day. I think I would. It's quite fairly. It's quite common that, like, I'd feel my head just start tilting forward, and I'd be yeah, like, and yeah, it's kind of boring, right? Like, you get bored. Um, if, so the 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 teachings there are that there's no shakti, uh, there's no energy into it, there's no like fiery essence behind your meditation meditation needs to have a, a, a <clears throat> it's like it's like a rocket needs a certain amount of fuel to make it past the uh the the atmospheric uh hold that it has on all, all objects so we have to have a certain amount of power to kind of propel us into uh, space so to get into meditation and beyond, we have to have a certain amount of power behind us, a certain amount of fuel to get that thrust, to receive, uh, to get our payload to where we want to go. And if we don't do that, we'll fall back down uh, under that huge weight of uh, the mind and the body. So that's what those, so you got to use those techniques if you want to uh, really not just make it not have a boring experience or a lackluster experience. For me, if I'm, if I'm in a hurry, at minimum, I will do the long breath. 
the nine seconds inhale through the nose, 18 seconds exhale through the mouth. And I'll do a few vacuums. You know, you know what a vacuum is? Um, like taking in like your stomach. I don't know yeah. how to say it. Yeah, you're uh, uh, caving your, your abdomen so that it, it uh, and why goes do you do up. that? What? And why do you do that? Um, well, metaphysically, it uh, draws in um, prana into and like internalizing prana into the body, into the spine. If you if you have the training that this this happens. Um, so actually the for a for a, a monk does it because it it helps with transmutation and uh so monks are celibate right they don't have sex they don't they don't masturbate so they keep seminal fluid inside the body right so transmutation is uh the 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 transformation of uh energy from one place to another well not place but a thing to another thing so like a like a liquid to a gas so we're taking seminal fluid in transmutation and we're actually turning it into a like a like a like a different substance in the body so we're trying to turn it like into prana into energy that can go upwards in the body in the astral body and uh, help us with uh, enlightenment or self-realization. So that is one reason, like that's way out there, but, but that's for, that's why the vacuum is so powerful. The vacuum helps initiate that process. So a really good vacuum, we exhale completely, right? We're, we're already like compressing the core and then, we I'm trying to do it now so I can explain it. We try to take the belly button and shove it up into the, like pull it into the rib cage, like in that pocket where the spine is. And uh, a really good vacuum can like reduce your waist uh, to, a, to a few inches. And um, it, you can like start to move your organs out of the, you know, out of the way. And, and there's a lot of strength in there. So when we do that in a man, anyways, uh, the testicles actually get um, like pulled up a bit, like there's a muscle down in there and that muscle gets tight and starts to get pulled up with this, this diaphragmatic action. So there's a sort of um, uh, cutting off of lower energy and we're kind of like forcing our energy to go up so this is a very metaphysical topic uh it's it's not you know it's not like a proven science i don't think it's it's a it's a, a mystical science of course so that's why we would do the vacuum i would i would i would say for for other people who do the vacuum i've actually seen fitness experts do the vacuum i don't know schwarzenegger did it yeah yeah. So, and Arnold Schwarzenegger actually would pose on stage 
as, while simultaneously doing the vacuum to reduce the size of his waist, to in, increase the size of his rib cage and just look overall uh, more uh, muscular and improve the V taper. Um, but yeah, fitness people do it and yogis do it uh, for transmutation. Transmutation is going to wake you up. It's, it's going to just kind of like, even just doing it now kind of, kind of made me feel a little bit more alert. Um, I mean, you're removing carbon dioxide from your diaphragmatic capacity and, you know, removing the physical body feels good. For me, I thought, I was a bit afraid to do it because it feels like it would be bad for my organs to compress it like that. Yeah, if I you can guess. really do it, you're moving things around. You're, 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 that just sounds you so know. weird because, like, is that not that weird? For organs. <laughs> well, actually, uh, in yogic texts um, from a long, long time ago, uh, the movement of the self manipulation and movement of organs is a yogic uh, technique. Wow. For healing, like to be able to, to move an organ, uh, to energize an organ. The monks learned a, they, they went through a, 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 you go through a learning process at the monastery of, uh, with Shum, the language of meditation uh, of uh, 36 uh, things to move in the body and to energize. Uh, the shum word for that is nimreh, nimling. And you go through these uh, tightening, you know, tighten liver, tighten the kidney, tighten, and uh, left leg, right leg, you know, left arm, right arm, <clears throat> as a way to uh, energize a body part or an organ with a prana and to, to, to manipulate your own energy it's an interesting thing yogic uh practices get very interesting they also get very strange the farther you go into it so i don't recommend um you know a deep dive into hardcore yogi training because it gets i think it gets um a bit a bit strange uh but if anyone, if anyone is interested, one of the greatest uh, yogic uh, application guides that, that is probably ever written, and one of the most sound and safe is, is called um, the Tirumantaram by Tiruvalar. Uh, Tirumalar, yeah, not Tiruvalavar. Tiruvalavar wrote, uh, he was a, uh, a sage poet. He wrote uh, the Tirukural, right? The Kural is a <clears throat> a book of um, Hindu codes of conduct and ethics, and it's a beautiful book, uh, Tirukural. But the Tirumandaram is a yogic text written in the second century. Twelve volumes. It's a huge book, but it was actually condensed into a, a easy to read well not easy to read but it was shortened quite a bit um but he goes over some yogic techniques there that no one else really wants to talk about 
including drinking your own urine. So <laughs> that's what I say. It kind of yogic uh, stuff gets weird. You really need an experienced uh, teacher um, that is not charging you money. That Not that kind of teacher, but someone who is like living a yogic lifestyle who has studied it for maybe 20, 20 years. Uh, I, I don't know. Those are, those are hard to come by. Those people are hard to come by. I know one of the monks who did that, who followed that. And then another monk was telling me, he's like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that other monk is crazy. <laughs> There's yogic techniques of like staring at the sun. I mean, that's not a good idea. <laughs> mm. How to improve so, your hearing by going blind. <laughs> yeah, I... The only yogic techniques I recommend are uh, what I teach in the Zen Mind Academy. <laughs> so for transmutation, you said vacuum. What the other ways? If we backtrack a bit. Are there other ways of transmutation? Yeah. Yes. Uh, purity. Humility. Uh, just being a good person. Uh, so... It's, it's energy manipulation. So if we, it's taking low energy and, and refining it, like distilling By low it. energy, is that like the animalistic side of us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes into anger, resentment, fear, jealousy, hatred, all that stuff that's heavy. Uh, it needs to, we need to like burn that off. We need to lighten ourselves so that we can really become another person uh, that has no burdens and no regrets. So to do that, we really need to kind of uh, we eat a certain way. Um, that's called sattvic eating instead of rajasic or tamasic. Meaning uh, what? Like as you're consuming food, like specifically or the types of food you consume? Oh, the types of foods, you know real hot spicy foods tend to uh kind of uh uh revitalize lower energy so we have to be careful when we eat spicy foods oh. yeah like in the morning it's it's good to have uh light foods yogurts nuts seeds uh cereals stuff like that but uh you know heavier foods midday and then actually go back to light food towards the end of the day that's how a yogi i'm not recommending that for everyone that's how a yogi uh eats very light in the evening um you know reducing your caloric intake afternoon after 12 o'clock or whatever that's really the should be in in uh, in ayurvedic uh medicine indian medicine that's the heaviest meal of the day um so you know that's what, so transmutation and i i remember a conversation i had with the monk like it was yesterday um i asked the same question like how else can we do this because we're, we're only vacuuming and doing pranayama and, and, you know, real hardcore yogic type meditation stuff at certain times of the day. But can we, can we turn this thing on like a switch so that it's always happening? 
and and absolutely it's it's in everything that we do we're trying to refine ourselves that's why we try to make ourselves better so that we literally turn ourselves into another essence another type of being and um it's really hard to go back once we've entered onto that that pro- into that process and that's kind of what the path is it's so interesting but it it's not just that like you can't just have one or the other you really need to do both um you know to it's not just celibacy right it's not just being a nice person there there needs to be an actual yogic practice an actual yogic philosophical understanding of how life and the soul and death works for this to actually start to manifest for an individual or for a practitioner um one of the um criticisms of uh christian or abrahamic monks you know monks that that practice celibacy but don't have transmutation like they're not necessarily attaining or on the path of any kind of enlightenment or attainment in in such yogic ways they're not doing it for that and and those things aren't necessarily happening spontaneously so the eastern philosophical system is designed around transmutation and 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 the renunciates are celibate for that purpose right uh not because not not because of any other reason so anyway um you say anyway but yeah it's interesting because like all i know let's say for meditation i didn't you don't really hear anywhere else that you need to do a preparation for it like you said and now for celibacy as well like you don't really think that there's more to it than just celibacy, but with Eastern religion, there's, yeah, there's so much more behind it, behind everything. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Monks, uh, you know, or, or serious yogic practitioner practitioners are celibate. It's probably because they, um, they're trying to renounce desire. It's like, okay, that's a part of it but it's a small part. Um, You know, the actual uh, seminal retention and therefore like transmutation of it from one form to another, that's the real essence of uh, yogic uh, renunciation. Um, Which is why... um, which is why eventually living in the monastery was, is difficult for a lot of people because they learn yoga, like real Raja yoga. And then they're like, wait, uh, so what's the monk part got to do with it? So anyone can like practice transmutation and, and you can be celibate for a time and, you know, like practice it. Um, and as one of my bro- brother monks likes to say, Satyanana, who's uh, 
no longer a monk, but a meditation teacher in uh, Brazil, says uh, it's, it's not necessarily lifetime celibacy that the practice is, is talking about. It's a misunderstanding. It's uh, just a specific concentrated timing. Uh, and it's not necessarily like a, uh, you don't have to be a lifetime celibate practitioner. So uh, he's actually gone. We, we should, we'll, we should do another, we'll do an, an episode. We'll have him on the show and talk to him about uh, tantric practices and, and uh, the Tudumandrum specifically, I think. Oh no, he, he, he studied extensively other uh, Indian texts that explain more in depth. That would be cool to talk to him about that. I really liked his presence when you came on for the first episode. Well, oh, the first time you came on. Like you could, I could just feel his presence through the screen. It was quite an experience. Yeah, he's a very special person. Um, man, he, he, is all, he was always so positive in the monastery, really uplifting, very dedicated individual to the path. 